With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Edgework here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, looking at all the games for that day, previewing them, giving our picks. Uh, today is March 3rd, trade deadline day, so we're looking around the league. We only got five games here tonight, but we've seen a lot of the trades already go down. Uh, we'll likely see, hopefully at least, see some trades going down today to make for an exciting closing day on the deadline here. But Rob, today is the day. If you're on the outside looking in as a GM, uh, you feel like you're in the mix, maybe you haven't made your move at yet, today is the day for you as an NHL GM to don't talk about it, be about it that's what it's all about today as i like an it NHL i like game. it zach good <laughs> job GM. zach don't talk about it be about it uh if you are i think you, you need to shake today. more when you're saying that though you need to like <laughs> yeah. vibrate don't talk Stop about it rob be about it and, and, and you, you got to look blankly into the camera for 10 seconds before you say it as well start the my video teeth my teeth aren't white or fake enough either to do a good impression so <laughs> but I am a, a huge loser right now, so I mean, I guess me and Gianna follow into the same category, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there's you can also talk, uh, not talk about it, and be about it as a sports better today. Uh, it is an interesting day to kind of <laughs> follow it along with what's going on uh, with <laughs> with what's going on with the trade deadline, as you might still see uh, guys being held out of lineups. Maybe you see some of these teams make moves for other players. Guys can't get there in time, or they do, and it's a weird situation. But, Rob, if you're looking to bet on trade deadline day, obviously this year has been a little bit different because we have seen moves the weeks leading up, so it's, it's been kind of mixed into the handicapping for over the last couple of weeks. But today specifically, how do you approach today evaluating teams, evaluating players who could be on the move or players just going out and acquire or teams going out and acquiring new players on this day. How does this affect your handicapping today? Well, it definitely affects the timing of your bets. We're lucky there's only five games today because in the past we've had some deadline days where there's like 11 or 12 games and it's just absolute mass chaos. But if you're going to bet a team that's out of the mix, you probably just want to wait until after the deadline is over, especially if they have players that are on the block who are likely going to get moved because the likelihood that you're going to get a better price later in the day is high. Vice versa, if you're betting a team that is in a playoff spot right now and they're unlikely to unload players from their roster that are going to you know, be of impact, you want to bet those early. So timing of the bets is much more important on a day like today um, because obviously you know, there could be a substantial impact. Now, looking at the board, you know, this could have players on the move. Arizona, most likely. Anaheim, likely as well. Those are probably the teams that you want to avoid betting early if you like them. I think everybody else at this point is fairly safe, but never say never. And, and like, honestly, it, it, it's, it's to each their own. For me, you know, I'll, I'll chance it and take a risk earlier on in the day and bet a team if I, you know, if I feel like well, this is just a great price, even if they do lose a player or so, I'm fine with it. 
But for the most part, I think this is just like a one-off day where I, I certainly treat it a little bit differently. Yeah, I mean, for me, the the, the big one here today is Arizona. I think uh, Frank Saravelli commented uh, on Twitter last night. They they just um, made a deal to to acquire Jacob Voracek's contract, and that gives them a lot of flexibility uh, to possibly move on from players like Nick Smaltz or, or Lawson Kraus, which could have obviously a big impact on on their lineup. So I think that's the big one for me that I'll be watching today. So in the chat here, uh, Nebraska know some stuff mentions props. I think this is a really good way to attack. If, if like a, a first liner or a second liner gets moved out from one of these bad teams, you probably will like, you're, you're going to have to take an educated guess on who's going to get that ice time, but it's not going to be accounted for in the prop numbers, whether that's shots on goal overs or uh, any time goal score or whatever it may be. And this is just a general smart way to attack like on any news in general, right? Is like, who is going to be that guy that jumps into his place? And typically the mark, the major market, the side, the total, that's going to move fairly quickly. The market will react to that. But oftentimes the prop numbers hang around for a while. So uh, that's, that's definitely a really good point. And if you do see like a big name player move, get moved out today, I think the immediate reaction should be, okay, who's going to fill that time? for him on the ice tonight uh, because you're probably going to be just betting the exact same number. It's not going to account for the fact that that player is getting more ice time. Right. Yeah. It, it is a pretty good day to be able to capitalize on opportunities like that. And we've had people in the chat over the last couple of weeks, Rob, even bringing up the fact that uh, you go to looking at goal scores where a player jumps out and uh, someone's going to be elevated up the lineup. And this would mm -hmm. definitely be a good spot to keep your eye out for those and keep your eye out for that news as it goes on today. But let's get into the games. We'll break each, each game down, see uh, if there's any side or total that we would play, anything we would be looking for, or how it might move. And we'll start with the Seattle-Columbus game tonight. Seattle moving or going to Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. They're third in the Pacific right now, tied with Edmonton points, and that Pacific is very tight. You're looking at them four points back of the Kings, four back of Vegas as well. On a two-game win streak right now for Seattle, going in to face off against a team in Columbus who is not very good and not very good at home either. But it seems like we might be getting a little bit of a shorter price on Seattle than I kind of would have anticipated waking up and looking at this for for Seattle today. Uh, is there uh, is there a reason for that here, Rob? Well, personally, I don't think Seattle's very good, uh, to be honest with you. I think that there's still a chance that they could drop out of this West race and miss the playoffs altogether. They are really riding that hot start to the year now, and they're regressing big time. And it's not just because, like, their shooting percentage has gone way down. It's gone down, but that's because it was unsustainably high to start the year. They're like right around league average now, and their peripheral metrics are just not that good. On top of that, like I almost never want to bet Seattle in these types of price ranges where you're laying, you know, decent amount of vig on the road because their goaltending is is awful on pretty much a nightly basis, whether it's Grubauer or Jones you know that you're very unlikely to get an elite goaltending performance. Um, it's been a disaster for them for most of the year. So I know Columbus is mailing it in. Sean Corrali uh, just announced out like 15 minutes ago. I think he has like an oblique strain, hurt himself in warmups or something like that. So, I mean, Columbus is very, very thin outside of the top line. But Seattle's just not playing well. Like they're not the team that I 
Some people will probably approach it in a way where they'll want to get rid of the VIG, take Seattle regulation, but that's just a derivative of the, the main market line, right? It's um, so, I, I mean, this is a complete pass for me. There's nothing of interest here, but I've generally been fading the Kraken and I probably will be looking to fade the Kraken down the stretch here because uh, I, I, I just don't, I just don't like their roster relative to everyone else in the West. Yeah, I agree with what Rob said. Um, I was actually on the Kraken yesterday in Detroit. It was definitely a, a numbers-based play. I mean, I, I think uh, Rob's kind of hit the nail on the head there. They're definitely trending down. Um, and, yeah, the, the goaltending. I mean, Grubauer has been better than Jones as of late. But, uh, yeah, the goaltending's been 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 shaky. And uh, the Blue Jackets are uh, uh, as bad as they are. They've hung around in a lot of games here, so. Yeah, Blue All Jackets right. are playing well. Like, they've beat Edmonton and Buffalo in the past week. It's not – like, it's weird because people, I think, they, they talk a little bit too much about, like, a team mailing it in at this point in the season, right? You got the TSN um, song about Bedard, you know, uh, Yes, which, I, by the way, I thought for those in Canada who got to see that, I thought it was really funny. I like when, when people do gimmicky I shit like, like that. I like the rap that uh, yeah. <laughs> that that, that uh, O'Neill laid down. That was that was good. I'll give him props for that. That was I, like I mean, I, if you had told me it was Everlast, I would have I would have believed you. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, it, it. I found that funny, but like people think that like the tank is on for all these teams, and because the GM is trading away players, like obviously that's going to make the team worse. But there's still players in the dressing room that like have some self respect and want to win games <sighs> yeah. and. Yeah. You know, it's not just like, oh, yeah, we're going out for a leisurely stroll tonight type of situation. I think Columbus is um, indicative of that over the course of the past week. Yeah, I feel like people often forget these guys are paid to be there as well. And a lot of them, especially on these bottom tier teams, are fighting for jobs for the next year. You get guys on two-way contracts or their UFAs or RFAs at the end of the year. Like, they, they're fighting to play for something even personally at that point. Maybe it doesn't matter for the team, but they got to show up for themselves. So it just adds that element. You don't see it as much in the NHL as you do in some other sports, but there's also incentive-based contracts in sports yeah. as well, right? Where if people you know, reach a certain amount of goals, it's worth this much. Or if the team reaches a certain amount of points, it's again, it, it rarely happens in the NHL, relatively speaking, but just like a larger, bigger scale you know, conversation about tanking in sports and motivation, there's still a lot for these players to play for across the major league. Yeah, and on that with the NHL too, uh, like on milestones for contracts, it's like maybe it's harder to achieve in one, two, three games, but you look at the schedule, you got 20 games down the stretch here, you could still hit some of those milestones. So from now till the end of the year, you have that opportunity. It's it's a little more open. Uh, I do see a question, a trade-specific question in the chat from John Moskaluk. We'll try to leave the trade-specific questions to the end of the show. We'll do all of those Save then. that so we'll shit save for the them. Leafs Digest, man. Like... <laughs> save any trade-specific for any team, not just the Leafs. Any team, we'll save them to the end. Uh, we'll go through the games first, but... Um, let's go to the next game here. Winnipeg taking on Edmonton. Uh, Winnipeg tonight. Uh, I mean, Winnipeg is an interesting team to follow because I imagine they're going to continue to try to add here today. Uh, we did hear news. I believe it was Logan Stanley requested a trade out of Winnipeg. Not necessarily a big impact for them there, but nonetheless, that could be a guy on the move and maybe a return coming back to them. So something to look at there. 
And Winnipeg right now is falling a little bit. Their four-game losing streak, 4-5-1 four, and one in their last 10. Uh, they're holding on to the second wild card spot, and the team that they're chasing right now is the Edmonton Oilers, holding on to first, two points up on them, tied for Seattle uh, with points. If you're looking at uh, at Winnipeg or Edmonton here tonight, Rob, which side would you be more inclined to get behind that with Edmonton as a short, as a shorter favorite against Winnipeg at home but that team is kind of somewhat done their trades for for uh, this year's deadline so I will very likely have a bet in this game but it is we have to wait on you so these teams play again tomorrow which means that any goaltending po- possibility or combination is is on the table tonight right and Winnipeg's been struggling big time last 30 days they're the third worst goals for percentage in the entire league but they're the eighth best expected goals for percentage in the entire league and that's because they're shooting 6.7 percent at even strength so the shooting has fallen off the team has fallen off I think that eventually they'll get back on track here but I do like the pickups for Edmonton I don't think uh, Nick Bukestad will be in the lineup tonight for them but I like the addition of Ekholm for them on the blue line prioritizing a little bit of defense for for a team that had none of it altogether but let's break down the combinations here right like hellebuck and skinner to me i don't mind a plus money under at six and a half if we get hellebuck and skinner i i think skinner looked great against the leafs and i think he's looked great for a large majority of this season um i know it's the oilers and they're high flying but We've seen this team, these two teams play a low-scoring game already this year. It was when the, the Jets actually snapped McDavid's like 17-game point streak or whatever that was late in, uh, in 2022. So plus money under will be appealing to me, Hellebuck and Skinner. Hellebuck and Campbell, Winnipeg plus 140. Sign me up. I can't I find enough. Like, want to fade Campbell as quickly as I possibly can in most in- instances. Skinner and Riddick. Okay, give me Edmonton in some capacity. Now, whether that's a split on money line puck line, that's probably the way I'd play it. Riddick and Campbell, give me the over, six and a half. So it really depends on the combination here because I think that there's a pretty large gap between the goaltenders on both sides here that I think you can advocate for a play on anything depending on how the goaltending shakes out. Yeah, and one thing that stands out to me here is like Rick Bonus needs to be fired into the fucking sun here. He, <laughs> Nino Niederreiter, Adam Lowry, and Nikolai Ehlers on the second line. Like, what are you doing to Nikolai Ehlers and putting him on the second power play with uh, Stenland, Lowry, Schmidt, and Pionk? Like, I mean, this guy's just he's he's kind of I, and I wouldn't say buried, but I mean. You know, you look at you look at where he is uh, over the last little bit. Four uh, percent shooting percentage over his last nine games. Uh, you know, one of the, the the top shot generators on the team. Uh, not a great spot for him though. So I'm definitely, you know, <laughs> I'm definitely like on the on the way off of betting on Nikolai either anytime goal props. That's for sure. Uh, at the, you know, at this point, unless there's a big price change, just not a, a good combination for him. Ehlers is the guy, so I follow a lot of hockey beat writers and media, and for some reason or another, I don't know why Winnipeg, like, well, I know why. There's, like, you have you have the traditionalists in hockey who are like, you know, what have you done for me lately? And then you have, like, the advanced metrics people and peripherals, and it's like, it's going to come, and this and that. And we saw this a lot with, like, Jesse Pugliarvi in Edmonton, where it's yeah. like, he just needs more ice time. And it was like, oh, this guy sucks. We watch him all the time. He can't score and whatever. And yeah, he drives play. I, he doesn't score. I mean. Right. That's not his thing. <laughs> but like, yeah. 
you know, the Leafs, for example, would when they just traded away Pierre Engvall, but he would have been another example of that, where the, the fan base basically wanted this guy's head mounted on a stick and like paraded <laughs> around town. Whereas like he's a very good transition <laughs> player and you know, the third line's kind of suffering without him there. But Ehlers is way more talented than those guys, but he kind of gets lumped into that that same group where it's just like I don't know why he's under the microscope for every single game that the Jets play. But yeah. if I had Nikolai Ehlers, I'd be treating him as a first liner and trying to get him as, in as many goal scoring opportunities as possible, including power play one. And uh, I got to agree with Andy. I think that his usage is just like super, super weird. The, the whole team, the usage of a lot of their players is super weird. Uh, there's a question here from John Moskaluk, and Andy started this. Uh, John asked, uh, will Thanks, Campbell John. get playoff starts? Uh I mean, I think they'll, the way that the season is trending, Skinner is now their number one. And I think that he will, if they get to the playoffs, which isn't a given yet, but they probably will, I think Skinner will start game one. It really just depends on how that goes. I mean, everything in the playoffs is so reactionary, right? Especially like these short samples. So I could see him getting a playoff start. I don't think he will start game one for the Oilers in the playoffs, though. Yeah, I think in this day and age, we're looking at like, I mean, it's it's such a different world in terms of how teams view their goalies. I mean, years ago, there, it would take, you know, a, a, a really, really, really bad goaltending performance, maybe a couple in a roll to uh, to even, you know, start to think about putting the backup in in the playoff series. But now it's it's a lot more likely to happen these days. Teams are a lot less forgiving with their starting goaltenders, I think, than they were even 10 years ago. I think with like Skinner too, he's not experienced, right? And you you could get him into a situation where he starts game one for Edmonton, they lose, he gives up four goals or something like that. And then it's just like, oh, you know, Jack Campbell has experience in the playoffs and, you know, he's played well. And I mean, he has played well in in series against Montreal and Tampa Bay, but he actually got badly outplayed by the opposing goalie in those series as well. So, I, I mean, I can see the narrative building for him getting a playoff start at some point. Do I think it's a good idea? Nope, I don't. And uh, another question regarding this game. Um, how would you play this? Mike Bromberg, Bromberg asking, with how hot he has been, does it make sense to start playing the under one and a half points with McDavid? Going to have a one-point night at some point? Uh, John Mosk-Luke was pretty quick in the chat there with his answer, but <laughs> yeah. I'm curious I mean, on the, your thoughts. On the surface level, I think, you know, just that, that kind of logic is is mostly like a, a fallacy right i mean it's you're, yeah. you're it's you're it's kind of like things keep coming can't keep going that way right but they can and yeah. i mean if there's a huge increase in the the odds and and there's a, a big shift and then there might be some value created on the other side but it's certainly not a uh something i'd be going out on a limb for here uh, <laughs> the way he's playing what would be more enjoyable betting the mcdavid under or just getting kicked repeatedly in the nuts <laughs> over and over? because like this makes the game like he's so good he is absurdly good like five games in a row with two goals is nuts yeah. man um yeah i i i don't i, I can't really comment on it because everything is like a matter of price in sports right and a lot of people, even those who are watching now, probably won't like what I have to say here. But like sports is way more of a math problem than people realize. And if you're going to bet the under one and a half on McDavid points, like I haven't been following the market closely enough to see if this has been adjusted. 
Like, has yeah. McDavid's over one and a half just flying now? What was it relative to to before? <laughs> the chat goat. Yeah, um, I I don't know. It's tough. If if there's been a huge price adjustment, then yes, I mean you can warrant betting that. But yeah, it's that's that's a challenge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Daniel sure, is. looks like uh, like the cheat code has been activated, just like yes. it was in last playoffs. I mean, he's starting a little earlier this year, but. Um, I don't know. I, I, I personally think after what we saw last year that when that guy is determined to do something, he can do it. And it, it definitely, I think, if you watch the Oilers all year, you wonder like why he doesn't do this all the time. But um, I do think he, he has it in him. And, and I mean, during this stretch run here where, where every game is really important, uh, I think you're going to see McDavid at his, at his best at, at kind of peak performance here over the next few weeks. My favorite thing about the Edmonton uh, beat writing scene and like press is how they call into question the defensive side of his game all the time. And it's like, who cares? Like if the guy <laughs> scores two goals every game, who cares about the defensive side of his game? Like it, it's, yeah. it's so absurd to me that you can take like a generational offensive talent and be like, oh, but you know, sometimes he struggle, struggles in his own end. Guess what? The guy has the puck all the time. His line always has the puck. They're barely ever in their own end. It doesn't matter. Like they're on the ice and he's just skating circles around him and Dreisaitl are skating circles around people. It's like, I, I, I'll never get it, man. Like some, the way some of these, these cities treat like their star players is so absurd. It's, it's like you have the best player by a mile in the league. Forget about his defensive effort. Like it does not matter. Yeah, there is a large amount of criticism surrounding his defense, but uh, two points a game being the third player in a century to score two goals in five consecutive games. Like at some point, yeah, you're going to be okay. You're just going to accept that for what it is. Uh, but even uh, David or Daniel H in the chat, McDavid goal is going to be minus 200 tonight. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trending that way. Yeah. <laughs> A game that we do have uh, a goal scorer in here, Rob. You're looking at a game uh, where potentially the line is just out of reach in Carolina, Arizona. Carolina first in the Metro. Very good team so far this year. Probably going to still tinker here today on deadline day, make some moves, maybe not the biggest ones, but some moves. And Arizona, we finally see the Chikrin saga come to an end. He finally gets traded and leaves Arizona Bukestad out. You see them acquire some salary on different players, so they still could be in a situation where they could move on from other guys. We still might see them trade people away, but you're not interested in a side or a total necessarily in this one, Rob. You're looking at a goal scorer. Who is that? Yeah, so uh, for just really quickly, I have to, t like, the Chikrin trade, they waited a year to trade this guy for, like, some <laughs> hockey tape and a box of condoms, basically. Like, I don't know what they thought they were going to get in return, but good trade by Ottawa. For tonight's game, uh, Jordan Martinook. Jordan Martinook is not a goal scorer. He's never going to be a goal scorer. He has, what, uh, 11 goals this season. It is by far and away his best offensive season in years. He plays on the third line with Jordan Stahl and Jesper Faust for the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, I typically look at people who are vastly underperforming their uh, relative to their expected goals. And Martinook, in a lot of cases, is going to do that because he's not the greatest shooter. However, he is generating a lot of high-danger scoring chances recently and even medium-danger scoring chances. And I like this as a dart. FanDuel's offering plus 370 on Martinook to score. 
but I'm only going to bet that for about a quarter unit. So 0.25 units. If you're a hundred dollar better, bet 25 bucks. I'm also going to take a super long shot here on Jordan Martinook to score the last goal of this game at 20 to one at DraftKings. Last goal of the game. So the reason why I like this is this is Carolina, Arizona. You see what the betting line is on this game with Carolina minus 333. The likelihood that this game gets out of hand at some point is high. And typically speaking, that's when the coaches like to work in their third and fourth lines. So I do think that Martinook's going to get a lot of ice time later in this game. He typically averages like 14 minutes of ice time. I think for this game in specific, it will be a little bit higher because of the quality of competition that they're fa- facing. Who knows if the Coyotes move out another player today as well. It makes it even weaker. But normally I would never take this if this was a game against like another Eastern Conference team. But really playing down to the level of Arizona and the potential that Martinook's on the ice a lot in the third period here, I think it's worth a bet. So small bets, uh, quarter unit on any time goal, and we'll go a tenth of the unit uh you know, one unit or 0.1 units to win two on the 20 to one last goal scorer of the game. It's going to be hilarious because he's going to score in the third period. And then (laughs) we're all going to sweat it out together watching this go down when it's going to be some (laughs) stupid goal by someone on Arizona that ends up happening just for no reason at the end of the game or something. And then we're going to get everyone in the chat here today tweeting at us about what happened and how close we were, but hopefully we at least get to sweat it out. That would be enjoyable. Yes. Or, you know, if, he, if he's on the ice, Carolina up 3-2, Arizona net pulled, that would be another great scenario as well, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, and Jordan Mosel saying, Jesse Pugliarvi, yeah, revenge time. He doesn't, he doesn't have a visa. I don't think he can play yet. I'm pretty sure he can't play yet. I don't, I don't think they've worked out his work visa at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I didn't even know that, honestly. I didn't didn't realize that that had, hadn't happened yet but that is another thing too guys just can't even get to teams yet uh, based on some of the work restrictions that they have going on but we'll lock those plays in uh, another game tonight move on we got two more games left new jersey going to vegas to take on the golden knights new jersey just continues to roll three game win streak here they're second in the metro and closing the gap on carolina a point back of them open the gap up on the rangers six up on them uh, and this Vegas team, uh, first in the Pacific right now, but not not comfortably at all. They're tied with the Kings. They have two games in hand, four points up on Seattle, same number of games played. And uh, this Vegas team, 19-13-1 at home, going against a New Jersey team who is 22-4-3 on the road. Just incredible on the road. Uh, in this game tonight, though, between the two teams, it's basically a coin flip. Andy, would you say that this these prices are about accurate for where they should be between Vegas and New Jersey tonight? Yeah, I think uh, I think Rob mentioned that he was hoping to get a, a, a good price on the Devils here, um, and I was in the same boat. But yeah, I think this is uh, priced where it should be at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of there. Like, I, I, We're beating a dead horse here with talking about the Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference, but I do think that that's a thing. Like, Vegas is a good totally. team. The Devils are a great team and they've really for, you know, listen, I don't know what you think about this, Andy, but like the road record for New Jersey this year, they've lost four games out of 29 in regulation away from home. It's almost unheard of. And I I just look up and down these, like to me, the Devils have too much speed for the Knights. They're better, deeper at forward, better and deeper at defense, better in net as well. 
I, I really wanted a bargain here, but it looks like the market has kind of like caught up to this altogether. Uh, tough, tough game for me. I, I make the devil somewhere in the minus 105 range, but um, uh, they're, they're just playing like we, we had that lull for the devils like mid season where everyone, they got off to that hot start. And then uh, who was it that said they would make, miss the playoffs and, and caught Keith a bunch Yandel. of flesh. Keith. Me, me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I said I that before they got off to a hot start. <laughs> right, right. That was before the season. Um, <laughs> And then, like, they're, they're just flying again. And this is without Timo Meyer, who might not play again tonight because he's dealing with an injury, but um, we're waiting for his debut. Once they insert him into the lineup, it's just they're, they're light years ahead of Vegas, in my opinion. So, um, obviously, we got to factor in this home ice, and that's where the price is, is right now. But uh, it would be a devil's or nothing for me. I, I, I like taking these big Eastern Conference teams against the, uh, the Western Conference teams. You know what? Give me uh... – Give me a small quarter unit play. I'll go with Rob here on uh, an Eric Halla anytime goal. Wow. Gonna okay. get a little wild here. It's actually hilarious you say this because he's he, uh, I he was the other guy that I was looking at. <laughs> nice. I'm glad. Yes. I'm, I'm happy about that. I mean, he's he's shooting the puck a lot. Uh, obviously, he's on the third line, but he does get second power play time. But he's shooting just like less than 4%, 3 3.5%, 7% over his last 11 games. Uh, and uh, and this is a guy that typically scores on, you know, upwards of 11% of his shots in his career. So, I mean, uh, he's snake bitten right now. And um, and I think, uh, I think the Devils will be rolling a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, Vegas doesn't take a whole lot of penalties. A lot of their games are played more at even strength, and I think that's what we'll see here tonight versus New yeah. Jersey. So, Plus, he reminds you a lot of yourself, Andy. You're just shooting blanks all the time. Eric Halla lately. Vasectomy, <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> man. you got to <laughs> get with it. Um, th th I'm just this joking. Comment... I didn't go there yet. Uh, I mean... I wouldn't blame you if you did, man. Um, yeah, I don't want to procreate anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not what I was going with it, but sure. Uh, not, <laughs> not worried about the Vegas. The Vegas flu thing is like is done, right? At this point, yeah. I think we can say that 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 was like a thing for the first year of the season, where everyone was like excited to go to Vegas. Now everybody makes the trips all the time. I I don't think it's a thing. Anymore. Yeah, now it's more of a thing for the home team. Yeah. <laughs> living live the, the, the strain of living in Las Vegas <laughs> full time has finally taken its effect on the the players. <laughs> uh, all right, final game of the night. Uh, this is the battle for Bedard. This this game encapsulates the song that was played on TSN last night. So this mm. will be the theme of this one. Is the Habs go to take on the Anaheim Ducks? The Habs are six and four in their last ten. Anaheim. Uh, three, five, and two in their last ten. Both teams might be sellers here today, uh, and not just in terms of oh they're bad teams, but they actually could potentially have a bunch of pieces on the move. So interesting one to watch out for there. But Rob, you have a side that you're looking at, uh, and who would that be between the the Habs and the Ducks tonight? Yeah. So first and foremost, I think that the Anaheim is more likely to deal someone over the course of the day. It's probably John Klingberg. If somebody moves out, there's been like some rumors around him. Not that that's going to have like a drastic impact. Klingberg has not been good, but I mean, anytime I see like that, that plus symbol next to the team that's playing the Anaheim ducks, it's, it's, it's like auto fire at this point for me. And I know Anaheim's played better in the sense that they've won some more games recently, but since the beginning of Fe February, they have an expected goals rate 
of 37.5%. It's the worst in the league by a mile. And per 60 minutes, they've gotten outshot by almost 18 shots. Like Montreal is bad, but they get outshot by 4.9 shots per 60 minutes. It's nowhere close to 18. The Corsi numbers are even worse. Anaheim is minus 31 Corsi in the last month per 60 minutes. It's almost impossible to be that bad where the other team is just constantly directing pucks at your net over and over and over, and you can't do anything about it. Uh, I think Montreal is a lot better than Anaheim. It's another East-West matchup. The offense has been clicking for Montreal lately as well. They've scored four or more goals in five of their last 10 games. I'm a little bit concerned about Sam Montembeau, who's, who's kind of fallen off here lately. He had a very, very hot start to the year. But Anaheim's goaltending also is like, you, you might even get a Lucas Dostal start tonight. That's very possible for them as well. So I think a lot of upside with betting the Habs here. I would make them the favorites in this game. Uh, I think Anaheim is just like historically bad team. Like they suck. And anytime you get these types of price ranges, sign me up with the Habs tonight. I'm cheering for Montreal. Yeah, and I think um, I think you know obviously this spot against the Ducks, the Ducks bleed shots. I think this is uh, not a bad spot to go uh, and back Josh Anderson over shots two and a half mm. minus one twenty five. I'm not sure what the best price available is, uh, but that's what uh, what DraftKings has here. What I have up. Um, uh, he's he's hit this prop. He's had three or more shots in nine of his last twelve games. His ice time around twenty minutes or more the last uh, last few games. It's a lot more than he's he's accustomed to playing. Uh, so I think I think this is a good spot for him. He's a guy. He's he's been a leader for this Canadians team. You know, with who's obviously uh, been yeah whittled down due to injury, but he's one of the kind of constants on that team. And I think uh, I think you can see him getting uh, quite a few shots tonight. The one thing with Josh Anderson is he doesn't just talk about it. He bees about it. (laughs) He bees about it. Bees about it. (laughs) Bees about it. Bees about it, guys. That's over three and a half. That's yeah. Now that's like, so I haven't looked at over three and a half uh, as far as, you know, a true price, but (laughs) I mean, off the top of my head that that's tonight seems like a great night to to bet over three and a half shots at plus 200 on Anderson for sure. (laughs) Agreed. If you, if you like the over two and a half in this game, because of like the, the tail on what can happen with the ducks where there's just games where they give up like 58 shots and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, then the three and a half, I think, would be a, a very good bet as well. Yeah. Aaron Lappin saying, uh, Anderson, anytime goal yep. scorer. Is this something you guys would take a look at here? Plus 230 for Josh Anderson? Yeah, totally. I mean, like, it's something I'd consider for sure. Uh, not the greatest price in the world, but, you know, the matchup, let's just, you know, you got to hope that John Gibson, or you, you said that it might, we might see, um, we don't, Dostal tonight. I, but, I, I'm just speculating on that, but, yeah. like, yeah, it's it's Gibson or Dostal tonight, yeah. Yeah, like, has Gibson, and I know Gibson hasn't been good, but, like, I want I, I, I was wondering over the last couple of weeks, like, when he's putting together all these 50-plus save performances, like, is he generating any trade interest right now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is, you know, GMs are kind of weird. You'd think that, like, oh, look at this. They, they get a little bit excited about that. Maybe John Gibson's back. Now's the time to get him at a, a reduced price or whatever. I was kind of wondering about that. Toronto Sports Radio, uh, if you listen to Overdrive, they bring up John Gibson to the Leafs about every day. <laughs> That's the one piece that the Leafs need. John, like, I, 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 every what, day for the what, last five years, probably. Like, yes. what, what people, 
think John Gibson is versus what he actually is. Like it's it's I don't oh, no, I don't understand sure. where that came from. I really I mean obviously he started he, you know when he was younger, came into the league with a lot of promise. He's just never lived up to that potential. Period. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there are still teams that are hoping that they they get Gibson, even if it's like as an insurance policy, which I don't I don't understand altogether. Yeah. All right, guys, I got to ask you this one. It was fired in the chat here. We always appreciate people sending their bets and the things they're looking at in the chat. Jordan Mosul saying, Dennis Gurionov, anytime goal score plus 370, but the reason I had to bring it up is because of how he closed this. Thank me later. I uh, love the confidence on Dennis Gurionov, anytime goal score plus 370. I had to shout it out. I mean, well, if, it's if, a great spot for him yeah. on, the, on the top line. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, that's no. a really good price relative to the other books. But if you're going to end your comment with thank me later, you also got to <laughs> be open for like someone to just like, you got to get reamed out if it loses. Right. And I don't know yeah. if, if you put like, I, I guess, I guess it, it works. It works here. And yeah, Jordan I mean, he's, he generates right. a lot of shots and, and whatnot, but uh yeah, it's a good spot for him tonight. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna attack it, if this is your, if you have this theory that he can perform well in this spot, I mean, you go right at it. You don't wait for it because, um, you know, if 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 it proves to be true, it's it's gonna get bet into shape over the next uh, several games, right? So, I mean, yeah, go for it if if and and thank yourself later. <laughs> <laughs> Order a Big right. Mac after it wins, you know, something like the that. The chicken Big Mac. Did you guys see that? They're bringing a chicken Big Mac. Apparently, shot, they worked but... on it for two years. Yeah. Two years. Fine-tuning it for two years. McDonald's what... is, like, the worst. I think it's the worst. Absolutely the worst uh, fast food out there. Maybe not the worst, but as far as, like, the, the you know, reputation versus reality, like, it's not even close. Well, I mean, I should have told you this beforehand, but we're working on a McDonald's sponsorship, so we're going to have to edit this out. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're, we're actually not. I... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't mind McDonald's. Like, obviously, the quality of the McGriddle's meat. McGriddle's good. McGriddle? Yes. I haven't had McDonald's yeah. breakfast in a long time, man. It's the I only thing I McDonald's get. breakfast right now. I'm a big oh, Big Mac I like guy. McDonald's. Like, I like, I'm a huge Big Mac guy. Yeah. Chicken Big Mac, I don't, I don't know how you can work on that for two years. It's like, what part of the yeah. chicken do we grind up here and put, like, do we <laughs> use the beak? Do we use the feet? Like, I, I mean, I don't know how you engineer that for two years. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I like Sounds McDonald's. good though. <laughs> I, like especially you're hungover or you're drinking, it's perfect. It's uh you mix yeah, that, that in there and you're good to go. What does that say about it though, right? Like I mean the only it's time it's good is when you're when you feel like shit. Yeah. Right? I love McDonald's yeah. when I'm stoned out of my mind. They just blaze <laughs> the cannon and like it's my first go to spot. Yeah, like it's true. Andy brings up a good point. If that's the reasoning there, it's like when you're nice at your fair. worst, McDonald's is what you need. No. That is fair. Uh, Andy, before you joined uh, for us to start the show today, I was telling Rob that last night on the stream, everyone was so fired up about Luke Shen coming to Toronto that uh, they basically went on for about half an hour trying to find different iterations iterations of uh, words with the word Shen in it. And I had to deal with that. And uh, as this is one of the ones that I had to deal with. Leafs digestion. That was one that was going on. So, uh, but I did say we would leave it to the end, and we will answer this question here. John Moskaluk asked, uh, "If Dubis is to make a move today, what's the likelihood he's targeting Kroos to round out that third line?" 
I said it, we would answer it. Uh, Rob, I'll start with you, especially as a Leafs fan. Your thoughts on, on Kraus to round out third line and that possibility. I don't know that it's super likely. The thing is, I, I will say, with the trades that Dubis has made, a lot of them just come out of left field, where there mm-hmm. hasn't been like a, a rumor or any attachment or, or any anything out there. I'm not a huge fan of what the Leafs are doing with their bottom six right now. So I did not like the moving out Pierre Engvall. And I know why, like, they did. Leafs fans cannot stand a guy that's six foot six and just doesn't throw his body around. Um, he makes a few mistakes in his own end, but he was a very, very good transition player. Like, he could take the puck from blue line to blue line without issue. And right now they're utilizing – I mean, they switched it up last night. They put Ryan O'Reilly in the third-line center role, but they were previously using David Kampf in that, in that role – and Kampf is like where offense goes to die. And he just cannot be utilized there anymore. They need to drop him to fourth line altogether. So I don't know what they're going to do, honestly. I don't think the Leafs are done. I actually do think that they'll try to make like another depth move today. If it's for a defenseman, I'll just jump off the second floor of my house right now. Like it, I don't understand why they have a million defensemen at this point. And like that doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, I do think that they, they need somebody that's that can... Like all these guys that they've added, Lafferty, great player, speed, good forechecker, they're missing the transition play right now. A guy that can pick up the puck in their own end and just move it and skate it to the other blue line quickly. And uh, frankly, that's the type of player I think that they need and that they should be looking for. Yeah. I would be on the I, if, if you didn't jump off off your house after you know Orloff scored his seventh point in oh, three games, or the Bruins four, yeah. added Bertuzzi, yeah. or signed Pasternak to a eight year contract, if you did, if that didn't make you jump off your, your house, I don't think that that this is going to either. You know what though? Like, it sucks. <laughs> Obviously, it sucks. I hate the Bruins. It sucks. When they add good players, it's like Hathaway, I thought was a good addition. I for manifested them. the Bertuzzi thing. I was talking to my dad about this last week. Like he would be the perfect ad for us, right? Like I, I mean, I actually love this, by the way. Or, or, <laughs> yeah, or totally. <laughs> Dude had two goals. He's got what four now? I think. It was, it was, like I mean, he's just just vibing right now. You gotta love it. But the thing <laughs> is, and we know this, bullshit happens in the playoffs. Ah, like yeah, I know, small sample. Ha- I, you know, I think back to two years ago, uh, Colorado, who I thought was like an absolute powerhouse. They were so good in the regular season. Like they had like a 61% expected goals in the regular season. They won the first two games against Vegas in the, and then like completely just couldn't get anything. Go- Mark Stone took over that series. Like it was, it was nuts. And like, it can happen. I, I, Boston is better than everyone else. Like well, no one's questioning that, but yeah. you put yourself in a seven game series the variance of the sport. It's not like I think they're going to completely dominate like a Carolina or a Toronto if they face a team like that or even a New no. Jersey. So, I mean, some of these Stanley Cup games. odds that I see, like some of these projected Cup odds that I see for Boston, like I'm like, what? Like 40%? Like, what the? No. That's insane. <laughs> that's... It's, it's the, the, the variance in the playoffs is way too high to ever have a team at that price level, especially yeah, considering I mean... the path for them in the East. Well, like consider this: like Tampa Bay, when they were the best team in the in the Eastern Conference in 2019-20, when they they got uh, swept by the Blue Jackets, um, they got swept, right? I can't remember. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They got uh, swept. Yeah. So um, that year, I remember, you know, a lot of 
models and, and whatnot had the lightning upwards of 25%. And I would argue that the, the gap between the lightning and all the other teams that year, especially in the even in the East, was so much bigger that or, or so much bigger than the gap between Boston and Toronto and Tampa Bay, you know, and, the, and these teams that the Bruins are going to have to contend with. Yep. So, I, I mean, I, I really, I don't quite understand how how the, the Bruins are, are viewed as such a big favorite. I mean, yeah, they're the favorite. Yeah, they'll win probably more than anybody else. But, um, but yeah, I just, I mean, 35, 40%, just, I can't get, I can't get behind that. Well, I mean, if we're looking at like the team tables for this year and we look at, at the Bruins in terms of expected goals at five on five, they're sixth in the league at 54.4%. Um, their goals for percentage is much higher than that. But a lot of this is built off goaltending, right? Yeah, Olmark's like the, been amazing. Exactly, right? And all it takes, like Olmark is not like a proven playoff pedigree no. or anything. And they have a good backup in Swayman. So like they're they're well-rounded and, and they're deep where they can adjust for that. But a lot of what they've done this year has been built off the backs of goaltending. Very good goaltending. And that can mm -hmm. go away like this. It, yeah. it can. Totally. and that's But that's why I think I do think uh, the Bruins are smart for doing what they're doing right now they're not resting on on what they have they're adding they're they're you know i mean that blue line right now is is pro is easily the best blue line that i've ever seen in boston in my entire lifetime yeah. uh and you know top to bottom i don't think you you've seen a better uh, a better forward group than maybe you know 2011 2010 they were pretty good forward groups but uh this is this is arguably the best one they've had at this yep. point agreed all right, well, here are all the picks for today. Uh, if you do want to see them, you can head over to the BetStamp app in iOS and Android. Uh, you will see all the picks that are being given out. You can find us in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ. Today we're looking at Jordan Martinuk anytime goal uh, for a quarter unit. Jordan Martinuk last goal plus 2,000 for one-tenth of a unit. Eric Halla anytime goal plus 410. Josh Anderson over two and a half shots on goal, minus 118. As well, you can head over, as it was mentioned in the chat, and look at Josh Anderson over three and a half, plus 200, but make sure you get the best price on that. And then finally, the Montreal Canadiens money line, plus 106. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, please make sure to subscribe to the Edgework HQ YouTube channel as well as liking this video. And if you're looking for some trade deadline coverage, from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time, maybe even a little bit beyond that, I will be live on the Hammer HQ YouTube channel oh. doing a trade deadline watch along, breaking down everything as it happens, reacting to different markets, and we will have different people from uh, the Edgework show. Is that show the sloth from in. Ice Age? Was that the <laughs> sloth from Ice Age? Oh, no, it's Lula Morello. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Nothing's man. as good for me as uh, as this one. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Creed. Yeah. I love that his real name is Creed. That's the yeah. best part about that, yeah. that guy. Yeah. yeah, but if you're looking for a trade deadline coverage, make sure to head over to the Hammer HQ. We'll be live at 2 p.m. breaking all of that down and just uh, just hanging out, not too serious. Uh, my uh, my kid is uh, he's home. Well, actually, they don't have school today, but he's home sick, so he couldn't go to daycare. But you know, I was thinking if I could if I could join the, the crew today, I don't think I will be able to, but I could just, you know, whenever a trade breaks... It brings the bell, <laughs> right? Like that—that that would be fun. I mean, I could—that would make me feel useful. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll get so, a, so we'll uh, see. a gimmick. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to everyone who tuned in today, Rob. One last question for you: What's the line, Tortellini oh. versus uh, Yanni? 
Well, I mean, they're both coin flippers. So it's it'd be pretty even. It'd be a pick 'em, I would say. But I will say Tortellini doesn't just talk about it. He bees about it as well. So it's uh I mean, I don't know that that Johnny would lower himself to going up against the tortoise, but if we want to facilitate that, I'd be I'd be happy to do that. Um, I forgot we we, we do we do owe a, a response to uh, all cock no balls there uh, on on Twitter. Uh, Austin uh, he asked us to give our thoughts on Central oh, yeah. Division futures. Mm. Uh, so I thought we should maybe you know maybe touch on yeah, that before we sorry about that we get off here. Uh, I mean. Looks like Colorado's division to win at this point, uh, and the odds have definitely shifted big. I mean, when we, me and um, when Zach and I talked about this uh, a few weeks ago, around the All Star break, uh, the, the the stars were minus one forty five. The the Jets were plus uh, four fifty or plus five fifty or something like that. I think yeah, plus five fifty, um, and and Colorado was around plus three hundred. So we've seen a big shift, and I mean totally justified right the avalanche looked like they could be a wagon the rest of the way the jets are struggling the stars are, are struggling um and uh yeah i mean i, I don't have a, a good read i don't have any any um any team that i would consider backing at this point uh to, to, to win the division i mean i think i think it looks pretty right to me what do you think rob um i mean i i like the nine to one on the wild at fan duel now that's an off-market price but I, I talked about this with Minnesota, uh, I think last Friday's show, about how their shooting percentage is just like unsustainably low, incredibly, yeah. insanely low. And they don't have a ton of offense, but if they ride Gustafson, yeah, but- Gustafson is good, man. Like he, every time I watch him, I get more and more impressed. And I, I, think, I think Colorado will ultimately win the division personally, yeah. but where they're priced and Dallas is priced, I think is, is fine. Like it's not egregious anyway. If I could find something at like, let's say 15 to two plus seven fifty or higher on Minnesota, that's, that's where I would be looking right now. Yeah. And the wild have you, you know, like they've typically been a team that is among the, the top shooting percentages in the NHL for the yep. last several years. So I'm with you on that as far as, you know, maybe being a team that could re- revert back to that for sure. We got a uh, prop posted in the chat here. Oh, I had a little giggle about uh, <laughs> David Colesver's Yanni real teeth prop needed. Listen, Maybe we can get a book to fire those out. I have terrible teeth, so I'm not in no way to comment. Like, I can't comment on this or, or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I, can, I cannot believe that that guy filmed that video. Like, the the... The 50k in cash of just like flopping. It was around. 350, Rob. It was three, probably 350k. Probably That's 350K. what he said. <laughs> you know, just flopping around and like, and then coming, be- like responding to me on Twitter saying like, you know, I'm not looking for like attention like abroad like you or what. It's like, buddy, you just posted a video of you throwing <laughs> around 50k. Like, who's trying looking for attention? Uh, attach my bot to you i'm gonna oh my god yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, that like, was the best oh, uh, like what like, mission accomplished you, so you're, you're gonna use other people's bets to win exactly. this handicapping gun is that what you actually admitted that like you oh, could have done god. it you could have just done that or or you know uh, <laughs> planned on doing that i guess and not said anything about it and taken the credit for yourself if they did if it did well i had one hour <laughs> to craft a response and that's what he came up with like just brilliant I, I did, oh my god. brilliant stuff yep 
Yep. Uh, well, thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. Greatly appreciate it. If you're not subscribed yet, please hit subscribe. If you missed any of it, you want to listen back to it again, you can find us on all podcasting platforms, but hit subscribe, like this stream. That is greatly appreciated. We look forward to seeing everyone at 2 p.m. for the trade deadline watch along. Uh, Andy, Rob, I can tell you guys, this is what my night will look like after the live stream, after we wrap all that up. At some point tonight and tomorrow, McDonald's will be in the rotation. Oh. And I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to be about it. Good luck with your bets tonight, everyone. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the rest of the trade deadline. We'll see you guys back on Monday.